Alrighty, welcome to Thought Rambler. Today's episode is License to Accountability. I'm Jonathan Dick. I'll be rambling my thoughts today, talking all about license plate reflectors, license plate protectors, those little shields, those little reflective uh, visors, those plastic what do you call them? Tinted. Some of them are tinted. Um, those little plastic protectors that you put over your license plate that some people put over their license plates. I don't put over my license plate. I'm going to be talking about them today because, man, I have a pet peeve. I don't know where it came from. I don't know where it started, but I have a pet peeve. It's bad enough to go out on the road as a regular citizen and just go for a drive wherever you need to go and deal with, you know, everyone who drives faster than you is crazy. Everyone that drives slower than you is an idiot. So it's hard enough navigating the world <laughs> in a vehicle, especially, in, and again, a vehicle is such a unique way to transport ourselves because we're enclosed in this space where it's, it's you know, we, have, we feel like we have so much control. And yet there's really no control. I mean, we're going so fast, <laughs> even like 25 miles an hour. If you're on a bicycle going 25 miles an hour, it is so fast. But in a car, it's nothing. It's actually, it's an inconvenience to go 25 miles an hour. So obviously I have this whole thing with road rage and what else do you want to call it? Uh, driving rage, driving control. I have this thing about people breaking rules when there's a social contract like a driver's license, you know. You go in and you get a driver's license because... <clears throat> you are saying to the state, to the government, to your fellow citizens that you are prepared to take on the privilege of driving. You take a test, a written test, a driving test, and, and it happens at such a young age, and then we rarely ever do it again. I have, you know, driving the 18 grandchildren around in the minivan, um, I can't even remember the last time I had a written test over 10, 10 years ago. I was at the DMV recently uh, just having to renew my license. I don't have to do anything. I just have to renew it. And I'm watching the, you know, people 15, 16 years old take their driver's exam and they fail and they cry. And they go up. <laughs> this one girl went up to her mother and she was literally like upset with the machine. Like, it was a very, it was one of those moments where you're like, wow, that's privilege. That's, that is a, an amount of, it can't possibly be me failing the test because I don't know the information or because I wasn't prepared for a tricky test. And let's be honest, the driving test is a little tricky. It tries to catch you on some things, you know, for better or for worse, but hey, it's tricky. You got to be on your toes taking the driver's test. At least you should be. And here... Uh, this girl, whether she was prepared or not prepared, was so devastated by the loss of uh, failing the test 
And then her first reaction was to go to her mom, not just for comfort, but also to see if her mom could talk to somebody to make sure that the computer was working correctly. Like as if it wasn't her. <laughs> That's privilege. Driving is a privilege, not a right. <laughs> Demanding <laughs> that the computer... Uh, gets an evaluation after you fail the test. Wow. <laughs> That's a future driver. Anyways, so I'm stuck on driving. You know, I feel like I've, you know, I used to have the, I had the privilege of living close to work for a long time. So uh, I got out of the habit of driving every day. And, and I think that's very healthy. I think, um, I, I don't think it's healthy to drive every day. I can't, at least not for me, not for someone like me who uh, is a rule follower, <laughs> who watches other people break rules. That's tough for me. Um, you know, at the same time, to also experience that amount of hypocrisy as a rule follower when I break the rules, right? When I want leeway, hey, I know I'm going 85, but I'm also in the passing lane. But I'm also in the passing lane for like five miles. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean... There is hypocrisy there. There is, you know, a battle of everyone trying to follow the rules and also trying to get away with something. And I've noticed more and more o over time this idea of shielding your license plate. At, at first, I thought it was somewhat unique and I didn't really exactly realize why it was happening, but it started, I just started noticing it more and more. And I, I think it's also one of those things that I noticed more and more on nicer cars, especially like, you know, a car that is <clears throat> going out of its way to be all black, right? It's not just that I, like the color is black, but the trim is black and the interior is black and it has super, you know, tinted windows, which is already an issue for me. But, you know, all the way around, windshield included, super tinted. And then, of course, the license plate has to have that same aesthetic. You can't have a license plate. And that was how, at first when I imagined it, I was just like, well, it's an aesthetic thing, right? You don't want your license plate popping like that. You've spent all this time and energy to make your entire car black. Even your taillights and your headlights have tinting on them. That's how I first was like, uh, how I first saw this um, this trend. And then I saw ones that were just plastic. And I thought to myself, what's that about? <laughs> that has nothing to do with aesthetics, you know? And, and why is it on the back of the... I literally had to, like, think about this. It didn't make sense to me. Why is it on the back of the car? How often are you driving in reverse that you need a shield on your license plate? <laughs> you know, like, um, like, like some people used to put the little bug bra or the little bug um, visor up on their car, they were driving long distance. They didn't want to get all the bugs in their windshield. That that prevented it. You get all the bugs there down on your grill. You know, you maybe you put over some sort of like plastic protector over your front license plate. You know, it's an easy clean off, something like that. But why on the back? It then dawned on me that the reason why people are doing it is not necessarily aesthetics. And it's not necessarily because they're trying to protect their license plate or anything like that. It's because, well, first and foremost, I believe it's because of 
the automatic traffic at uh, cameras at the intersections. We have, at least here in the Northwest, we have them um, at usually big suburban intersections. Um, at first, I, you know, I think there's always been a push-pull with it because as a citizen, I'm like very much not in favor of people running red lights, right? You know, at intersections, running red lights, that's just a quick and easy formula for accidents and fatalities. It's just unnecessary. So if the traffic cameras are there to specifically prevent people running red lights, you know, as a deterrent for people to, you know, okay, so it's only going to go off if you're in the intersection, you know, uh, trying to beat a red light. And, I, and this, come on, we, we know science. We know how the momentum of a car, we, we can figure out how to trigger that camera for that purpose and then filter it through. And so the right people are getting tickets for doing the wrong things. Like, we can do that. But on top of it, because um, I've been hit several times by, uh, by these stationary automatic lights for speeding. And I'll be going through an intersection that's maybe posted at 40 and I'll be going 50 or something like that. And that's like $150. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, this is like, I'm going downhill, man. <laughs> like, give us a break. Or maybe at that intersection, right, it's posted at 35. So it feels like it's even extra slow. You know, I got hit with one place where it was 30, where naturally it would be a 40, but for whatever reason, it's posted as a 30. So I'm going 44, and I'm going 14 miles an hour over, boom, that's a $150, $160 ticket. But from what I'm told, and from the, <laughs> the quick investigations on the internets that I did, there's a way to prevent the camera from taking a picture of your license plate, and apparently it's one of these visors, whether the visor is a straight plastic or it is curved in some sort of a way, whether it's translucent or transparent or opaque or tinted in some sort of way. I mean, opaque, like I never saw one that was opaque until just the other day. The, the episode art, <laughs> the cover art of this episode, um, if it comes through however you um, get your podcasts, uh, I, I go through the trouble of putting uh, some sort of image for the episode. And when I was thinking about this, this has been in the back burner of my mind, just thinking about these damn license plates, uh, covers. And I saw in the person in front of me, you know, um, this is how long I've been thinking about it. So like the Teslas, <laughs> the Teslas, when they're brand new, they have no license plate, right? But they're, instead of it just being um, like most other cars where it's just the panel, and the license plate, when the license plate's gone, you basically see what's underneath the license plate. And it's just the same sort of, um, you know, back panel, uh, whatever. There's the same color, right? And so, and then you would have like the, the DMV temporary permit somewhere in the back window. Well, with like Teslas, for example, it's interesting because there is like a black rectangle where the license plate should be like a piece of plastic that basically is like that's instead of the license plate going onto the back panel it goes onto this piece of black plastic which is then um, affixed to the back panel so that black uh, rectangle usually is very um, like you, my eye catches it right it, it's like on a white tesla or a red tesla you see that black and then my first instinct was oh my god is that like someone covering their license plate with an opaque cover, right? Tinted so much that you can't even read anything. And then I finally started to figure out, no, that's just the way that the factory 
um, puts out the Tesla before the, you get the license plate on it. And so I was like, okay. What's also funny with Tesla, though, is that for again, I don't know how this is legal, but the back windshield um, is so tinted <laughs> that you can't even see inside to see the permit. Um, all of which means it's very difficult if if a certain car that has very tinted windows and you you know you're required to put the temporary permit in the back windshield of your car. Well, if you have very tinted windshield uh, windows, then uh, you know, people can't see that. People cannot identify your car. The whole where I'm going to with this ramble, with this super ramble on license plate covers is that I'm going to get to a point of the lack of accountability that I keep, I don't know, targeting. Maybe it's targeting me. I don't know. I just keep feeling it and hearing about it in different ways, whether you know, just about every story on the news has to do with a lack of accountability. Everything that we talk about with politics these days seems to be a lack of accountability. And as I'm on the road almost every day now, I am seeing over and over again these license plate covers. And to me, that is just a ringing truth of how there is a lack of accountability within our society these days where these, you know, the idea that your car is coming from factory with tinted windows where you cannot see inside, you cannot identify who is driving the vehicle, front windows, front windshield, you cannot see inside. I do not know how that is acceptable. The fact that like, again, I don't know if there are laws against these uh, license plate covers, but I, I don't know how punitive it is. I just feel like it's such low hanging fruit for our society to then to take a stand, you know, just to say like this, if anything, is unacceptable. Because to me, the whole point of a license plate is that you are taking account for your actions as a driver, that everyone can see clearly and identify your vehicle clearly. For the same reason, you shouldn't be able to modify the, the VIN number. <laughs> you know, you shouldn't be able to sand off the basically the serial number of the engine, right? You shouldn't be able to um, tint your windows so black that you're unidentifiable, especially in an, in, at a time and a place where, you know, we are having mass chaotic violence. And sometimes it's not guns, but sometimes it's automobiles. We're having more and more automobiles becoming a weapon in protests and riots. Now, to me, the biggest reason why I'm upset with people and the idea of covering their license plate and tinting the window so much that they are then shielded by just n normal people. Like, again, I took a picture of a person in front of me. I actually had to, at a, stop, at a stoplight, take my phone out and take a picture for this cover art because I could not describe it well enough. I hope you can see that in your podcast feed. Um, but it basically is, it, I thought for a second, it's like, I'm like, wow, it's like the Tesla black uh, rectangle, only this car, I forget the, what the car is now, but it was an older car. It was like, that's, it wouldn't be that. I had to basically go pull all the way up to a bumper to bumper to realize even then I could not see the license plate. It was covered by basically an opaque cover, a totally black cover. Maybe if I stood right up to it, as it was parked and, and, and shined a flashlight, maybe I could make out some, some numbers and letters in the license plate. But just from the car, I'm directly behind. I'm taking a picture. I cannot read any of that. That's a problem. 
And it's not just a problem because of, you know, it's like we as a society, you know, we have to be accountable for others. What happens in the case if someone gets hit? What happens in the case of an accident and someone drives away and you can't read the license plate? That's a problem. I was recently, um, last summer, you know, uh, as we're still uh, sort of unfolding the COVID era, so many restaurants still have outdoor seating. And I was there, and I I had a gripe about the whole license plate cover thing before this, but this was like a perfect example of why it's so important that we just as a society do not do that and we do not have these things. So I'm I'm outside of this restaurant with a couple friends, and they have gone through the trouble of actually, because of the way that the side road, there's a main road and then there's a side road, and it's a legitimate road, and they have closed it down. Like, this is not too uncommon, uh, you know, in certain um, urban areas where there just isn't a lot of area to um, put seating out onto the street for the COVID purposes. So some little small neighbor, like where a neighborhood butts up to kind of a main road, they kind of close down that outlet. And that's what happened here. And so the road was technically closed, and there were tables and chairs and structures built that were going out into the road. And there was, like, big cement um, barriers and things to keep people from driving through. But not enough because as we're eating, all of a sudden, some car starts going, you know, it's like two miles an hour starts creeping through. It was like a red sedan, older sedan, like a Buick. And I can see inside, and the windows are down, and there's a dude, no shirt. <laughs> His eyes are just like blazing red, pupils super dilated, wearing some long, golden, dangling earring, and just talking like crazy a little bit, just in that kind of way that you realize, like, I can understand what he's saying, but... Who is he talking to? What eye contact? What is he? He's basically talking about how he has to get through this road and we all need to like move this stuff out of the way for him. Something like that. And of course, everyone's like, no, 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 no. This isn't a road. You can't go through here. And around this time, he just start, he hits the gas and just um, scrapes his car or the car that he was in, whether it was his car or not, I have no idea, but then scrapes that car up against a giant, like there were a bunch of like wine barrels that were up against the tables. And thank God they were because they acted as a bumper or a buffer. And so when the car hit the wine barrel, the wine barrel hit a table, didn't hit the table I was at, but it hit the table next to me. And a bunch of women had screamed and all this glass started crashing and everyone was okay. And then that car hit the road close side um, sign on a barrier on the driver's side and basically hopped onto the main road and just sped away as fast as possible. And a bunch of us were able to catch the license plate because there wasn't a an obstruction. <laughs> so we were able to see the color of the vehicle, the type of the vehicle, the make of the vehicle, the model of the vehicle, and the license plate. We were able to get that information to the police pretty quickly. Funny enough, a right after that guy left, uh, someone on a scooter came zooming up and described the exact same car in person and said that they'd been smashing around um, down the neighborhood as well, and he'd been trying to track him down. And then zoom, zoom, followed in after him. So I don't know what happened to that guy. I don't know if the cops got him or not, but at least there was information to get that person because that person was out of their mind. 
You know, it goes beyond having a couple drinks. This person was like out of their mind. You could just tell by looking at them. It was like an episode of Cops. <laughs> when they have that person, that person just has that glassy-eyed look. You're like, that person's done. Certainly should not be behind the wheel of a vehicle and certainly had no regard for people or, or anything, you know, barriers or anything in that case. Could easily have reversed and, and gone safely down the road somewhere else, but no. Also could have hurt someone really badly. So, you know, again, slight property damage, no one got hurt, but it was still a hit and run. It was still an intense, dramatic situation that no one wants to be a part of, especially when we trust that we are going to now step outside and eat and drink and enjoy ourselves just inches away from vehicles traveling at 25, 35 miles an hour. It's dangerous. And there has to be some sort of trade-off when it comes to accountability. I understand, too, that we can't just accept, like, from, you know, my sake, I say get rid of speeding tickets on these um, cameras. I wouldn't say get rid of the cameras in total. You know, I think it's helpful that we still use something to deter people from cruising through, speeding up at yellow lights and trying to get through on red lights because um, that's where accidents happen. <laughs> it's pretty well documented. Intersections are incredibly dangerous. And when you have people that are d driving unpredictably, I have this phrase called unpredictable behavior. That's the biggest fear I have um, on the road or in life or whatever. But I use it when I think about my road rage. I think about it in the way whether I'm in a car or I'm on a bike or I'm walking down the street. When I interact with, um, you know, another walker, biker or driver in any one of those scenarios, it's, it's the unpredictable behavior that I fear, right? You know, in that same way that, you know, just imagine like you're, you're the pedestrian, you're at a stop sign, and you're going to cross the road, and you see a car come up, and, and they have the stop sign, right? And you're walking out into the road, and they're driving up to you, and what happens when they don't see you because they're looking the other way because they don't want to stop at that stop sign. They want to do what we call a California stop, and kind of slow down, and then right before they should probably bring the car to a complete stop, they then accelerate and either cut off the person um, who has the right of way, or you know, if no one's there, then it's basically just a yield more than a stop. A right, I'm thinking about a car going to its right. And I've been a pedestrian many times in this situation where I've seen that driver not looking straight or looking to their right, but looking to their left because that's where the traffic would be coming from and slowing down but not stopping. And there I am in the middle of the road. That's unpredictable behavior because there's clearly a stop sign. It's clearly an intersection. There's no reason to bring anything other than a stop to that situation. You go outside of a stop and now you're unpredictable. Now I don't know what you're going to do. You're not seeing me. Can you see me? So it's difficult on all sides. We have to be watching out for each other. I think the, the license plate cover is the lowest hanging fruit when it comes to accountability in America. Because, again, to me, it's not about aesthetics. 
let your license plate pop, okay? We give people a million different ways that they can, you know, it's not, it's not about one license plate anymore. You can have <laughs> as many different license plates as you want, <laughs> okay? There's like so many selections, like a dozen selections now, not to mention vanity plates. Have you also noticed that there's less vanity plates out there? I think less people, it's, it's, it's a strange dynamic. It's like this, it goes hand in hand with this, um, uh, th this isolation period that we're going through where I feel like I'm seeing less and less vanity plates. I'm seeing less people interested in, in you, know, you know, in identifying themselves as a part of their vehicle and more people hiding themselves as a part of, and, and their responsibility and their accountability as far as that vehicle goes. The shielding of it, you know, this cover whether it's tinted or reflective or flat plastic or whatever it is, whatever the purpose is. You know, the other thing I saw recently, too, was people sanding their license plate. That's the only thing I can imagine because it's a license plate on the back of an old truck or an older vehicle. I've seen this more on older vehicles, not newer vehicles, but older vehicles. And it looks like someone took sandpaper or something very coarse and basically sanded it down as much as possible to make it look like it's like an old T-shirt where you can barely make out the, the numbers and the letters. And it looks kind of cool. Like if you took that license plate the way it was and you put it up on your garage wall, you know, where your tools are, that could look pretty cool. And it even fits some aesthetics of the trucks that I've seen. But it kind of sucks. It's someone, again, taking an extra step. That's the thing about these covers, too. It's someone ordering them, buying them, putting them on. Going through the steps, you know, okay, maybe you inherited the car, maybe you bought the car used, and you didn't go through the trouble of taking it off. It was on there when I bought it, right? Again, a lack of accountability. Take, take a screwdriver and take it off. I, I don't want to be up here on a soapbox per se, but I just think that that's the one that just irks me so much. There's so much we can um, do in this world that feels impossible, but you know, this idea that we can also just be a little bit more accountable for our actions and not hide our license plates. And again, I understand the fear of like, well, I'm a law-abiding citizen and I just don't want to get a ticket. I don't want to drive through one of these intersections and have the flash go off and it's like, oh man, because I was doing everything fine. I was driving with the, with the speed of the traffic. I was going the same as everyone else, blah, 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 blah. That's my excuse when I get one of those tickets. Like I wasn't doing anything wrong other than I was my number was larger than this number. I hate that. I hate that punitive crap. I don't think that helps our situation. Again, we have to look at those intersection cameras and say, are they meant for people to keep people from driving through the intersection at a point in time where it is completely unpredictable or and try to curb that unpredictable behavior, which is running a red light? Or is it meant to also be a punitive income generator for the city or municipality because, you know, you've lowered the speed limit <laughs> on a street where, you know, according to the driver's license handbook, you know, that street should be like a 45, for example, and then you posted a 35, and here you're catching a lot of people driving something closer to 45. Like, to me, that sucks. That just sucks. To me, that is why someone would put, that's why, like, I got hit twice by one of those.
Like I would want to put one of these covers on my vehicle if I was not aware and if I did not care about others. You know, someone could steal my car and do something with it, and I would hope that my license plate would be visible for people in that case. Right? Like, what if someone steals my car and it's like an Amber Alert situation? I, I would want to know that people can see my, that cameras could take that picture and that, that person and, you know, and that situation could get resolved because of it. I would hate to think that, like, well, because I didn't want a speeding ticket, I want to be able to drive as fast as I can. I want to go through red lights and I don't want to, ha, 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 the government can't get me. I do a stupid voice, you know, because I think that's a stupid attitude. Don't drive through red lights, you know. Be accountable. You're in a car. Be predictable. And maybe that's like the first part of the test is, you know, when you go and take your driver's test. This test is about predictability. Be predictable. If you're going to be a driver and you want a license and you're signing a contract with society, be predictable. This is unpredictable behavior. This is bad. Speeding to me is not unpredictable behavior, by the way. That's very predictable behavior. We're all going to go at the speed of traffic. You know, if um, we're all going to want to, in fact, we're all going to want to go a little faster than the speed of traffic. Most of us want to go faster than the herd. Some of us want to go our own pace, and that's slower than the herd, and that sort of creates the balance of the herd. That creates the balance of traffic and congestion. Sometimes someone speeding, cutting through the lanes is the thing that actually slows everyone down. Sometimes, you know, you have a wide open road in front of you and, you know, 55 miles an hour feels just right. But as soon as another car comes up at like 60 miles an hour and starts passing you, suddenly 55 feels really slow. It's weird like that. But speeding, I think, is a different beast than all the other rules of the road that keep us from, that literally keep us from crashing. You know, speeding and going slow obviously will keep you from crashing. But I mean, like, the difference, like, if you're on the freeway and you're going at 55 miles an hour, that in itself is not an indication that you're going to crash versus going 85 miles an hour. Swap that. You know, so I don't think speeding is an indication of unpredictable behavior or a crash, I think speeding just makes crashes worse, you know? But the crash has to happen because of something else that's unpredictable. I don't think crashes just happen because someone is speeding. Crashes happen because someone is speeding and uh, drunk at the wheel or asleep at the wheel or distracted at the wheel. There's usually something else. That, and then it's the reaction time and the overcorrection that usually causes the accident. So yes, if that person had been going slower, they probably, that accident would not be as severe or maybe they would have corrected in a way that they wouldn't have gotten in the accident because they would have had more time because they were going slower. But again, they would have been correcting something that they had done wrong. The speeding was just in addition to it. And I, again, I say all this because it's, I think that when we we have to ask ourselves in society, when we come up with policies, when we come up with asking ourselves, how can we be more accountable for each other and what does it mean? Like, what's the greater goal? Uh, in some states, there are laws. I think New York is like this, where as a, um, as a citizen, 
it doesn't have to be a, I was about to say pedestrian, but as a citizen, you can get out of your car and you can go take a picture of the license plate of a vehicle. Um, and I think you have to do a video um, and basically show, prove that the car is running their engine um, over three minutes, I believe. There's some arbitrary <laughs> number, but it's enough to basically say, hey, you have been idling for too long. And they're trying to keep people from idling for too long because they're recognizing two things. Number one, there's just the um, there's the first degree pollution, which is the people who have to walk by the truck and breathe in that pollution. And then there is the sort of second and third and fourth and fifth degree pollution that is basically just adding to the climate crisis. So the goal was, hey, we have this climate crisis. Okay, so that's anything that we could do to help that good. And then we have this more immediate threat of like, it sucks to be walking through the city and, and anywhere really, and or playing, you know, you know, playing outside your house or playing in the park or whatever it is. And someone is sitting there on their phone, because usually that's what it is, is, that someone's pulled over and not turned off their engine and they're just on their phone or it's a, a truck that's delivering packages and the same thing, they just leave the engine running as they run around and do whatever they need to do. But this all adds up. So I believe New York said, hey, let's be accountable for each other. Cops can't be there all the time when this is happening. So they put the citizens in charge and they said, hey, if you can prove it, do the video or the picture, whatever it is. I think you also have to go up to the owner of the view, whoever's in the thing, and, and warn them, hey, uh, you've been idling for so long. I'm going to document this. Please turn off your vehicle or I'm going to document this. I think you have to do something like that. I saw a quick documentary on this uh, years ago. I thought it was wonderful. Uh, I can see why some people would be like, well, that's one step closer to communist China. Because <laughs> you're not wrong. You know, there is a certain element of tattling on your neighbors that sucks, really sucks. But I think you have to ask yourself, what's the goal? So for me, you know, I, th I thought about that with the idling, and the idling drives me crazy as well. I would love it if we could be able to knock on the window and just say, yo, dude, <laughs> like 5,000 people died in Afghanistan and Iraq. So it was for oil. Let's, let's conserve our gasoline. Let's not pay $5 a gallon and then just blow it as we sit here in the parking lot on our phones because you don't want to roll it. Because, oh, my air conditioning, roll your window down. It's not that hot. <laughs> God, it drives me crazy. But it's not, you know, I can only control what I control. All I can do is ramble, I guess. But there's a part of me that, yeah, I kind of, I, you know, if Batman is out there, if there's a version of Batman that just can go around at night and like, and just take off these like license plate covers, that would be wonderful. A little vigilante crew. Like in my imagination, uh, you know, that would be like a fun that's like a fun little story. That's like a fun little short story of some vigilante going around. Zoop, zoop, and all the neighbors like wake up in the morning and they're like, hey, what happened? What, what, again? I mean, what's the worst thing that could happen? <laughs> it's not like slashing tires. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Try to keep, I don't know. I just, I don't understand it. I mean, I understand it. There has to be a trade-off. You know, I don't know if it's one of those things where it's like, well, if I were mayor or if I were governor or if I were president, but it's low-hanging fruit. Maybe you should be able to like, you know, again, I took a picture of someone's license plate and it is it is 
completely uh, obscured. Is there a law against that? There has to be, right? There has to be. So how do you, you know, again, like how do you track that down? How do we as society members, do we take pictures of the license plate, take pictures of the VIN, take pictures of the car, send it in on a website, let the state track it down? And then you get a warning maybe. First one is free. Say, hey, you got to take this off if someone else, you know, takes another picture of your thing after from such and such day to such and such day. You know, like you've, you know, from right now you've you've uh, received this letter. From here on out, if you get another one of these, if we say there's another one of these um, and that picture was taken after this letter was received or, or you confirm whatever has to happen. Then you start getting punitive about it. And it's got to be expensive, right? Because if these things are 30 bucks a pop, you got to make it a you know, couple hundred dollars or something. Make it enough that it's not worth it. It's not worth it to pay the fine. And then you got to, as a society too, you have to say to your uh, municipality, well, then we got to stop doing these punitive speeding tickets. If the intersection cameras are just about running red lights, I think, you know, as a society, we can say, okay, we're going to like, we're going to curb our, our desire to run red lights probably more than we are speeding. Speeding is harder to stop. Everyone hates getting speeding tickets, especially when it's just like, you know, 10, 15 miles over the speed. Come on. That sucks, especially when it's like you're not pulled over. There's nothing you could You just feel so helpless in that. You just, boom, some flash happens. Was it me? Was it someone else? And then a couple weeks later, you get a letter, and there's like nothing you can do. Write a letter and see if they give a damn, and they probably won't. There has to, there's a push and pull. Take that part out of it. If you're going to make something, if you want something to be punitive, make these license plate covers more punitive. Because, again, you know, accidents are going to happen. Would you rather be able to identify the vehicle as quickly and clearly as possible if an accident happens? Or would you rather try to squeeze your citizens for a couple hundred dollars here and there to the point where they're just going to put a $30 shield over their license plate and therefore be unaccountable for just about everything that they do to the point where it gets where they're just putting a black shield over it? It's not even a reflector. That anyone, you know, it's like, you know, someone can argue the case was like, well, I just have the one that's clear plastic, but it reflects the flash. So anyone else can see it. But again, it's just like, but you're still, you're making it hard. So if someone takes a picture, if, 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 you know, again, it's just, it's, it's, to me, there's just no cover. There's no, there's just a law, you know, there's already a law. You can't scrape your numbers. You can't obscure your license plate. You can't uh, manipulate the license plate or, or mutilate the license plate. So why, why, what are we doing here? I think there is, I think part of that um, no uh, idling law in New York, I think part of it too, there's a incentive financially that um, the person, basically the tattletale, um, the snitch, <laughs> the snitch I think does get a portion of the fine. Again, I'm fine with, I'm fine, I'm fine with that fine. I'm fine with that fine. I get it. People don't like getting speeding tickets. I don't either. Every other kind of ticket, though, like running a red light, I think people should be held accountable for that. That's dangerous. 
that actually is dangerous. That just that act of running a red light, that kind of unpredictable behavior is exactly what causes an accident. Doesn't matter what the speed is. Again, the speed is just an addition. It's just going to add a physical addition to the carnage, to the impact. The accident itself is because of the unpredictable behavior of not stopping at a red light. That, that to me, is a, a fine trade-off. Take away the, this ability. Because, again, it's, it's, I don't think, you know, this is, this is something that feels new. We didn't, we didn't always do this. Right? This is a correction. Putting a license plate cover over your license plate is a correction to what people view as a problem. And that problem is being identified, which again adds into this idea of privilege, which adds into this idea of lack of accountability. I didn't fail the test. Something's wrong with the computer. Something is wrong with the thing that gave me the test. It wasn't fair. It needs to be more fair. I didn't fail. I know what I'm doing. Help me. Help me. Tell me. Tell me. Tell me, mom. Tattle. Get them to do something. You know, fix this machine, mom. That girl had like a conniption fit because she couldn't accept the fact that she had failed the driver's test. And that sucks. I get it. You're probably used to passing all your tests in school. This is not a school test. I remember very clearly when I had to take the driver's test, it is not this kind of test that you would take in school. It's similar, right? It's multiple choice. But the way that the test is designed and the test itself, it was, you know, and, and the computer thing, the screen that you, you know, at the time, none of it was like how you would take a test in school, plus the other people that you're taking a test with are adults. <laughs> it's not you're not just a bunch of teenagers in there. So it is very different and it's very intimidating. I remember what that girl was going through. And I was sitting there thinking too, it's like, you know, you only have to go through that once or twice. And, and I also just remember seeing her and feeling like, feeling, you know, her, her she felt so confused being wrong. And, and I couldn't help but think that, like, if that's true, then maybe we're doing our kids a great disservice. And the reaction to the mom was kind of mixed. It was sort of, a, from what I remember, she kind of placated her daughter a little bit and then, like, took her and they left. So they, I didn't really see the whole scene after that play out. They kind of walked away. I don't know if, um, I don't remember them coming back. Maybe they came back. It was a DMV. It's busy. But it was definitely some, you know, it was in a, uh, let's just say it was in a wealthy zip code, the office that I went to, because uh, the service for some reason is just a lot better in a wealthy zip code. Um, and the girl looked like uh, her first car would probably be a foreign import uh, that was newer than my vehicle. I could understand why she was so upset. But it's hard as well, being an adult and looking at that without also thinking like, buck up, buttercup. Life is hard. Like, you, this should be hard. What you're being asked to do when you get inside of a vehicle is serious. It's a serious business. I know that people don't treat it that way. I know that like almost every 
every model on TV of being in a car is about it being this fun adventure. It's not about being in traffic. It's not about being worked up because someone's cutting you off or because some semi is in the wrong lane or because there's some old woman who's driving under the speed limit or whatever it is that ticks you off. Too many license plate covers, uh, whatever it is. It's a ser- it's, driving is serious. I don't know if we take it seriously, though, because we only promote it as fun and free. And it feels like it's, it's, nothing, it's nothing like that anymore. It was very, uh, at least, you know, in the suburban, urban part of the world. I, I don't spend much time out in the rural roads where I can just do whatever the hell I want. But even then, I doubt that that's the way it goes. Certainly shouldn't be. I like to think that everyone that gets behind the wheel takes it seriously and, and has, you know, again, just like if you were outside of your car and you're walking down the street and you bump into somebody, the polite thing to do is just apologize. Sorry, whatever, move on. When we're in our cars, though, for some reason, it feels like, again, everyone who's uh, going faster than us is uh, crazy and everyone who's going slower than us is an idiot. Everyone else is wrong, right? Whatever you're doing inside your car is right because that's what you control and everyone outside your car is wrong. And now more and more and more people are shielding themselves. So it's not even that like people can even see you anymore. It used to be that like, right, if someone like cut you off then maybe you'd get in the other lane, you'd go up next to them and you'd look over and like, who are you? You wanted to see them. Now you can't even do that because the, the front windows are so tinted. So it's just everyone is now anonymous in their cars. That's, that's worse. That's worse. That's so much worse, right? You can't identify the, the vehicle, <laughs> right? You can't identify the, the license plate number. You can't identify the person driving it. That's worse. And if that's a reaction to the, the punitive way that we handle um, insurance and um, speeding tickets and other, you know, rules of the road, how we enforce the rules of the road, if that's all a reaction to that, and the fact that we allow this to happen as well, our policies do not prevent this. I mean, again, I I don't understand how a car company can go to market with a car that I I feel like a few years ago, it would have had an illegal amount of uh, tintedness on, on on the windows and the windshields. It doesn't seem like that's a problem anymore. And is it why? Because it it looks cooler this way? I think that's effed up. I don't care how cool it looks. I think there's a certain amount you should be able to see inside of cars. (laughs) And again, maybe there's a certain reaction too of like, well, I don't want people to see inside my car when it's parked there and they're going to smash the windows. and I'm pretty sure people smash windows (laughs) anyways. But, you know, hey, there's a point to that, sure. I can't prevent people from smashing windows. You know, uh, the only thing that you can do is don't have stuff out on your seats. But no, I'd rather have tinted windows. It's just, it's a back and forth, right? It's a back and forth. I I don't know how to react to all of it. All I know is that, like, because of one small... I don't believe that we should be making big decisions based off of small symptoms... The probability of someone getting their window smashed should not be 
the reason why all vehicles now have basically black opaque windows that you can't see inside, which makes it incredibly difficult to relate to your fellow driver and incredibly difficult to identify drivers and identify people in an emergency. I think the emergency is the more important thing. Just like the idling law, I'm in total favor of it because the big goal is to do something against the climate crisis. And that one thing that we can all do is turn off our cars when we're going to be somewhere temporarily. Whether that's waiting for gas, you know, at a giant gas station for five to ten minutes and people are all just running their vehicle. You could just turn your car off, turn it back on, creep forward, turn it off again, you know, or sitting on their phone in their heated or air-conditioned car for a few minutes. Before, you know, like someone gets into their car and then they turn their car on and then they sit there for a couple of minutes and then they have all those other cars in the parking lot waiting for them to leave and they won't leave. It's very confusing. <laughs> we could change, you know, we don't have to do it this way. We are the ones that can make the change. If, if someone comes out and says, yo, <laughs> we have a law against this, so I'm going to warn you, and then I'm going to sit here for three minutes and record you, and if you keep your car on, I'm going to get some sort of percentage of the fine that they're going to send. I'm okay with that. And if the license plate covers were the same thing, I would be okay with that too because the bigger goal is identification in an accident. No more hit and runs. Be accountable. Be accountable for your actions. I think as soon as you start shielding your license plate, it's got to it's got to screw with you and psychologically, right? I think it's one of those things. It's kind of like you know, in my mind, it's a little bit like you know, carrying a gun. It, it it's as soon as you start doing it, you in the back of your head, you always know that you're somehow protected, right? Someone, someone slights you somehow, normally it wouldn't mean a thing. All of a sudden you have a gun on you. There's a dynamic in the power shift. I feel something like that with like the lack of accountability with these license plate covers because as soon as you know that you have it there, maybe you don't fear going fast through certain intersections. Maybe you don't fear not stopping because they could hey, take all the pictures you want. You can't identify my vehicle. You never have because of this $30 addition. I think it sucks. I think it sucks. You know, again, maybe that's just because I was in a situation recently where being able to identify that vehicle, again, I don't even know the outcome. I don't know if that guy was ever caught. But the satisfaction of being a member of society and being in an accident, being adjacent to an accident, being in an accident where someone drove through property without any regard to people or things. Just being in that situation, it was nice to know that myself and several other people could easily identify that vehicle. Whether that was the driver of it or not, or the, you know what I mean, the owner of the car or not. Because it, it sucks. I think it sucks that we're, we always, we want someone else to fix our problems and we want someone else to, you know, change the law. And so that way we'll all follow that law. We're not thinking for ourselves. We're not holding ourselves accountable. 
Everyone's so afraid of getting caught for doing something that they end up isolating themselves more. I think the shielding is just another way of isolating and isolating and isolating. I don't see that pattern being helpful at all. That alienation is not helpful. Shielding your license plate is just another way of saying, I don't want to be held accountable for my actions. Would you want that when it comes to your, you know, your driver's license or your passport? I mean, think about it now. We have, we live in an age where, yeah, I mean, e Twitter handles and email addresses and um, every other way that you can present yourself on uh, the internets, you can have an avatar. You are someone different. You are, you are not accountable for who you are. You're going out of your way to be in privacy mode. So maybe this is also a reaction to all of that, of that like even when we're off the road and we're on screens, there's a push and a pull of our identity all the time. Identity thieves, people trying to steal our identity. Maybe it isn't such a uh, crazy thing that it would be a short walk then to, to shield your identity in the same way that your license plate, in the same way that you know we also are wearing masks more than ever because of the COVID reaction. People are still wearing masks outside. And fine. That's fine. But again, at some point, <laughs> people wearing masks as part of a society can be very dangerous. There's a time and a place for masks. And when we had the first knee-jerk reaction of um, the COVID pandemic, it made sense that everyone's wearing masks. And then, you know, because if, if you remember correctly, when everyone did start wearing masks, it freaked everyone out. Because <laughs> we're not used to ha having our faces masked in that way. You know, if you walked into a 7-Eleven at 3 in the morning wearing a mask, you know, you, you know, the person was instantly hitting the security uh, button. But in COVID, you could get away with, well, I, you know, I wear this like really scary ass mask because it's my COVID mask or whatever. How many people were doing that? And I'm just like, oh, I hope that doesn't last. And I'm glad it didn't. I'm glad people have taken off their masks and only wear masks in places where it makes sense to wear a mask. But I still see people wearing masks outside. And I'm sorry, but if I were, if I were working at 7-Eleven at 3 in the morning and someone walked in with a scary ass mask, I would probably ask them to take it off too. <laughs> COVID or no COVID, hey, I, I'm vaccinated. Take off that mask. I want my cameras to see you, to keep you accountable. But now I, I, we're just masking ourselves more and more and more and more. And if you're a daily driver, you're probably seeing it on the back of cars with these license plate covers. Another way of shielding ourselves from responsibility and accountability. It's just, yeah, I think the solution is easy. I mean, it doesn't even have to be a policy. It's just don't do it. Just take it off. Take it off your car. If you want to talk the talk about, you know, today's society and your generation and other generations and Americans are great and I love America and we're accountable for what we do, then take that shield off of your license plate cover or take that license plate cover off of your, take that shield off of your license plate there it is.
I've been rambling too long now. I think you get the idea where I stand on that one. Be accountable. It's all we can do, really. It's how society stay together. Being accountable and rating podcasts with five stars. Hey, you should do that with this show. Do all the good stuff. Uh, websites and all that. More to come. Coming soon. I should get better about all of that. You know, try to create conversations between people and get some comments and everything. If there's a way to do that, go ahead and do it. If not, word of mouth. Get the show out there. Let's get rambling. And as always... Don't run into any walls while you're staring at your phone all day. <laughs>